Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a wonderful Thursday, April 30th. Uh, no no games, obviously, still in quarantine mode. Everybody's there, but we have a great show lined up for you today. We've got to talk a little bit LA Galaxy season ticket policy. Uh, we have a whole bunch of stuff whenever it comes to Governor Newsom and his four stages of reopening California, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, the Kogi food truck uh, coming to Carson. We have some interesting stuff on that. And then Gonzalo Iguain to the LA Galaxy. Could that possibly be a thing? Yeah, it could possibly be a thing. Uh, not to mention, coming down the line, not too far away, uh, if everything works right and everybody actually sent communications on time, we'll be joined by LA Galaxy defender Dan Steris. So uh, that coming up in just a few minutes. But to help me do all of that, uh, the hammer himself looking way nicer than uh, than the host of the show uh, is, is back. Uh, Eric, the Portuguese hammer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm bored. So I decided to bust out the old suit. I, uh, I, I wear a tie semi-regularly for work. And so... Uh, Believe it or not, as, as uncomfortable as it may seem, I actually missed getting dressed and picking out a tie and shirt combination. And so I said, you know what? It's a special event. It's the end of April. We made it. We survived. I'm throwing the suit on today. So sorry. And I know, uh, you know, it's not a competition. Everyone, safe space here. But, you know, I, I felt like I went best dressed tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, except you're not, you don't have any pants on. That's the difference. So, um, you, you know, I actually, yeah, I, that is, that is, I, I, I was going to say it's a little warm. So we'll do that. We are having our end of April party and people ask, well, what's an end of April party? Uh, it's celebrating the fact that we all made it through another month. Uh, that's really what it is. We'll have an end of May party uh, as well coming up uh, at the end of May. Uh, if we have all made it through that, knock on wood, we'll, we'll have one and it'll be there. If not, uh, you know, have fun at my funeral. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so we'll get that through that uh, as we go. I wanted to start off uh, this show that Eric and um, you know it's a lot of questions of being asked about the LA Galaxy a lot of questions being asked about Major League Soccer um, whenever it comes to the season ticket policy uh, now uh, the panda himself uh, went and wrote a, an article talking about LAFC and LA Galaxy's ticket policy and from the MLS perspective about how all these tickets are going to sort of be Manage now, Eric. Um, you know, as you understand it, and as we've seen, uh, we've seen that the LA Galaxy say that, yeah, maybe we're going to refund some stuff whenever they actually cancel some games. But so far, they haven't canceled any games. So how can we do that? Yeah, that's the catch twenty two. Is um, you know they're willing. You know, it seems like they're willing to refund or, or willing to defer payments uh, when games are canceled. It just we're in that weird no man's land where the games haven't officially been canceled. So that's where it gets into this gray area. Uh, we know with the April payment, they gave season ticket members the option. If you wanted to defer that payment to a later date, you could, or you can pay it. Uh, it seems like the notice was a little bit of a short notice. And so I know that a lot of season ticket members had a little bit of an issue, especially not, you know, checking emails regularly at this time. Um, you know, it seems like the default may have been, should have been the opposite, but it's easier. You're, you know, uh, you know, on the other side of it you can look back and say that but the default maybe should have been we're going to defer it but if you want to keep that payment going to keep that payment lower we could but without any games it just seems like it's done in bad faith to, to charge them and uh, you know to be devil's advocate you kind of have to understand where the galaxy is coming from because there's no money coming in right now and if if you as a season ticket member are okay with that 
you know, your, your card being charged and that money staying. And if you want to defer that payment further, you can, or if you want to leave it in the galaxy's hands and use it as a credit for next year, you, you have that option. And so I think that's the, that's, what's going to benefit the club the most. So if you're someone of that mind who wants to help the club out in that way, you're more than welcome to do so. But I think with a lot of financial instability, with a lot of people losing work, people being furloughed, people being laid off, it seems like the first option should be uh, to refund people who are in the most need and, and need that money back. Cause there, there's probably some people out there who started the year off, right. Things were going well, bought some season tickets, uh, and then now they're 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 going to need that money back, and so I think it, it's a, an effort in good faith if they can make that the default is to get that money back. Which uh, it seems like the league is leaving it up to the club, so every club's in a different financial situation. So we'll see how they handle it. But uh, to me, that's just my opinion on how how it should be handled. But I'm going to be curious, uh, you know, if anything else shakes out. I saw with uh, Major League Baseball, there was actually a lawsuit filed against because they were charging people for games and not giving them an option. So that actually created. A lawsuit. Several fans, you know, filed a class action lawsuit for being charged. So reading the tea leaves and things like that with other sports leagues, that's what's kind of setting the precedent with the NBA and their closure. You know, that kind of was the first domino to drop. So there's a lawsuit going on with because people are being charged when there's no games. You kind of have to get ahead of that and avoid, uh, you know, the stain that that would be if, if that gets out to be a story in the news. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that uh, it, it's going to be interesting. This is what was in uh, Kevin's article. Uh, he talked to Brendan Hannon, uh, team's vice president of marketing and communications. Uh, and Brendan says, uh, we're still deciding what our plan will be for the month of May. We want to do what's best for our fans and our members. It is something that we're discussing and hoping to roll out by the end of the week or early next week. Uh, Hannon said refunds for games that have been affected but not canceled um, would be considered on a case-by-case basis, as would, as would requests from season ticket holders whose financial situation situation had been adversely affected uh, by the coronavirus. Uh, it's still uh, MLS, by the way, chimed in on this as well from an executive who was not authorized to discuss the league's ticketing policy, but said our goal is to play as many matches as possible. And mathematically, we can still play all the matches. Uh, if any matches are officially canceled or played without fans, you can apply for credit to your account. And if the best solution for you is not a credit, uh, is not a credit, um, then you can then you know you can apply hopefully for a refund for those canceled matches. Um, so that's you know obviously uh, everybody says you know it's a difficult time. We're trying to support our fans in any way that we can. So I mean you know is you know that's sort of my question though, Eric is and and I think you touched on it a little bit, but you know is rescheduling uh, games sort of a poor excuse right now to hold on to people's money until there's I mean we listen. I'm I'm 99% convinced that you're not going to get 34 games out of this, uh, especially if you look at all the stuff that we're going to talk about in California. Um, so at this point, you know, do we know? Yeah, and the the other thing that I think is going to be an interesting issue is going to be, let's say that they miraculously that 0.1% you know, chance that there are 34 games, they find a way to miraculously schedule 34 games starting on June 8th through December or, or January, and they're able to f- make that work there's going to be a large section of the population that is not going to want to attend those games. So yes, your games are now scheduled, but now what if you're a season ticket member and you don't want to attend those games, how are they going to handle those refunds? Is that a refundable item? Do you get a credit for that? Because there has to be a little grace there also, because you have to understand public gatherings that, you know, high risk, uh, you know, people with health situations, they may not want to go to the stadium and I don't think they should be held, you know, responsible if that's their prerogative to no longer attend games. 
Yeah, you talk about safety, and that's going to be such a huge thing as we as we move anywhere near fans getting back in the stadium. We're going to have a whole bunch of questions. I reached out to a Reddit, the LA Galaxy Reddit people. They're going to ask some of those questions. I think we're going to have a giant time to to talk about all those and sort of do all that stuff. So, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be one of those things where we watch. You know, it, it just feels like we can still play all the games. Is like it's just this line, and it's it's a bad line, and I don't like it. Um, you know, it, it is about teams holding on to money right now and holding on to money in a bad financial, you know, sort of, uh, you know, a, a economy, right. Uh, you know, everything's sort of tanked. Nobody knows. So cash in hand for them is really important. So from a business side, I understand why they're sort of making that, uh, that, that stance. Uh, but as a humanity side, you sit there and Eric, you can't hold on to somebody's money whenever they just lost their job when they were spending on something, which is, you know, sports is, it's not a mandatory need. I know we feel like it is, um, but it's not a mandatory need. So you can't sit there and say, oh, you know, definitely you're going to need to do this. Um, you know, you, you have to pay for this anyway. So uh, it's one of those things where we, we sit there and, and you can't do it, uh, you, especially whenever we get into California, which may not have fans in the stadium until, you know, mid 2021 at this point. I mean, I, I don't know how long it's going to be, but certainly it's going to be longer than just reopening the economy and doing stuff. Sports and concerts and all those things seem like they're the last resort right now. And so whenever you look at Major League Soccer, you look at LA Galaxy. If I'm Major League Soccer, I feel like I'd want to have a more cohesive plan. Um, that's sort of my only argument, which is, oh, I want to be consistent across all the groups. Um, that was one of the reasons that we have single entity, Eric, is to be consistent and have some of this stuff. And it seems like, oh, hey, yeah, it's single entity whenever we want it to be, whenever we don't, which is true, by the way. This is exactly how they operate. It's single entity when we want it to be, and it's and do uh, do different things on that. So, uh, you know, it's always, always interesting uh, whenever you try to nail down Major League Soccer. Yeah, and the same thing's kind of happening on a, on a government front as well. There are some, you know, federal mandates that are being pushed forward, but for the large part, po- portion they're saying it's in the state's hands it's however states want to handle it so it's kind of similar and just to peel back the curtain on a little bit of what i do same thing with school districts you know the school district could make a sweeping recommendation but if there's individual schools and you know populations where a system is working for them but it may not work at another population then you know changes need to be made you can't make a sweeping you know thing league-wide or, or school-wide or uh, or country-wide so we, we see kind of we always run into that argument is this a you know is this a federal thing or is this a state thing is this a league thing right. or is this a club thing and so i think the 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 real answer and the, the hammer answer out of both sides of my mouth is it's somewhere in the middle is you it's know you, have, give a, you give a, a, a blanket recommendation and then leave a little bit of flexibility to allow teams to adjust to their individual situations well, uh, you know, we'll set to set this aside. I'm sure we can have more ticketing policy talk. Uh, but uh, right now, we're excited to have our next guest on. Uh, born in Burbank and calling Calabasas his hometown, he's a graduate of San Diego State University and alumni of LA Galaxy 2. He's amassed over 8,500 minutes in Major League Soccer, 102 games played, seven goals since getting a first-team call-up in 2016. We're glad to welcome back to the show for the very first time since 2016, actually, uh, LA Galaxy defender Dan Steris. Dan, are you there? I'm here. How you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. See, it worked again, Eric. You were worried, and uh, and it worked again. No problems. Easy, easy to. Dan, every time we try to do this live, we're convinced it's not going to work. So, uh, so we're we're glad that uh, we got you on, and and there were no problems. So, I, I guess yeah. the the first thing, uh, the first thing I want to ask you, let's talk about quarantine first, because that's sort of where everybody's at, and uh, and we talked about Dennis, uh, ten, talked about it with Dennis DeCloso as well. Um, you know, I imagine uh, no haircuts going on. How are you handling everything, and and sort of what's your daily routine like right now? 
Yeah, we're kind of kind of making do, but uh, it's it's weird. It's become almost kind of normal, you know, waking up and doing this whole thing. It's I don't know, it's six weeks or something like that, um, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but it's what we got to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're waking up pretty early over here. Uh, we just got a puppy during this quarantine. Thought it was a good time. So it's right. definitely keeping us busy, waking up at six o'clock, uh, keeping a routine. Um, but yeah, you know, getting in workouts here at my, at my place, uh, as much as I can do in the streets, you know, riding a bike, whatnot. Um, just trying to keep eating healthy. It's all I can really do at this point. And, right. uh, you know, just hanging around. I was going to say, before we get too far, too far, we need to know puppy's name and, and the, and the type of puppy. Those are important things in quarantine right now. Important stuff. Yeah. Puppy's name is Remington going by Remy for short. Uh, he's a German short hair pointer, so he needs a lot of exercise. Uh, he's got a lot of energy, so we're uh, we're getting out of the house quite a bit. That, that's good. That's not too bad. And the weather's been nice, too, so that's good. Um, but one of the questions that we actually had from uh, a listener who was uh, writing in on Reddit uh, was asking sort of uh, a question of how the team's keeping in contact with you. You know, what Do you guys have a group chat going on? Do you guys conference call? I mean, how do you sort of keep this team dynamic going right now when there's no way for you guys to sort of be in the locker room and sort of having that locker room experience? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you can't you can't replace going into the locker room every day, seeing seeing all the guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've got our our group chats, uh, we've got Zoom, we've got you know all different things. People are messaging on Instagram or whatever it is. So uh, we're all staying in touch, you know, different ways. Uh, no one's really too far away. I don't think. I don't think anyone really got out of the out of the market here. So. Um, you know, we're, we're staying in contact with the training staff. The coaches are doing a good job of, of kind of corralling us to have little meetings or sessions to talk about things. So um, we're doing a decent job. It's, it's not going to replace going in day in, day out, but uh, we're doing what we can here. Yeah, so Dan, you mentioned that you're getting together with Zoom and, and different kinds of chat. Uh, you know, just now that this is our new normal, going and attending meetings via Skype, via Zoom, who, who's the one person on the LA Galaxy roster who just doesn't have it figured out, doesn't have the mute button? And is there anyone like that? It seems like there's always one in every meeting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few guys that probably, you know, walk into a meeting that don't look like they're ready for it or weren't prepared. But, uh, you know, some of the younger guys, they're, they're probably not sure of the professionalism. I, I just go with that. Some of the younger guys, uh, you know, stepping outside when there's noise everywhere or – uh, you know, in their car or something like that if they're coming back from something. But yeah, we're trying to keep it as professional as possible. And uh, most of us are here in the tech age, kind of know what we're doing. So I was going to say, you can see our professionalism here, Dan. Um, one of us is wearing a suit and one of us is it has a t-shirt on. So I just, yes, you know, it, <laughs> you guys got the professional mics and stuff. So you got, you're set up. Uh, that's, hey, you know, we're, we're doing what we can uh, at quarantine time. Um, I have a question for you, and and it's sort of uh, one that involves, you know, NBA's talking about coming back. Um, you know, there's some some different guys are talking about, different leagues are starting to talk about coming back and, and doing different things and maybe going to a place and playing closed-door games and just a single location and all that stuff. You, you, you're a player. Um, what concerns do you have about all of this? Because I feel like it's it's different than whenever you know fans say, "Oh, we'll just put the players in closed doors and let the players play." I feel like there's more to it than than just saying that. So, what concerns do you have as a player? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's it's that easy, really. Um, even trying to do a closed door 
thing. You have to go to a single location and wherever that may be, it, you know, there can't be much spread of the virus there. Then you got to put us in a, a hotel sort of thing. That's got to be essentially locked down. I mean, you just can't have any touch with the outside world and that's right. really impossible. And unless you're going to hold us there for six weeks, 12 weeks to get enough games in to count as like a pseudo season or tournament, um, you know, we're going to be going back to our homes. We're going to be going back to our families who, as much as everyone's trying to stay in, you know, they got to either go to work or they got to go to the grocery store or the farm, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's pretty tough to really stop anyone from having any contact with anything. Um, and then it comes down to, okay, do some teams have players that have been in contact? Do they have it? Uh, do you need to then take those players out of the teams? And then are we just playing games with 75% of our teams? One team has a DP out, another team has no one out. I mean, it's just different things that kind of come into it. Um, I want to get back to playing. I want to get back to training. It's just tough for me to see an easier, good way to do it that you can just, as a fan or anyone, be like, yeah, let's just do that. Um, I think they're kind of racking their brains around anything they can possibly come up with at this point. Um, right. I don't know if you right. guys have heard much or not, but sounds like they're trying to do whatever they can to get some sort of season going. So uh, hopefully they can come up with a good plan. I was going to say, then, does that put you on the the pessimistic side of 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 a of a season returning right now? I mean, just I'll be honest with you, I'm on the pessimistic side. Um, I don't see a clear path, and I've talked to to players and hear the same things echoed by you, and it's just it doesn't seem like there's there's answers enough for this. So, I mean, does that does that sort of you know what what sort of mental state does that put you in then to, to sort of say, hey, you know, is there is there even going to be a season? Yeah, I mean. I guess I'm, I'm a little bit on that. I mean, here in California, we're pretty strict right now with the lockdown. And I mean, they've mentioned we're not going to have gatherings, I think, of like 100 people or something for the rest of the year. Uh, right. I mean, you hear that, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to have to go somewhere else. There's, there's really no way we can do anything here. Um, I think we just don't know what's going on. It's, it's day by day. It's week by week. I mean, if they come up with a vaccine tomorrow then yeah, there's right. a season probably in a month. Um, right. So it's just, we're all just waiting. I mean, we're doing our best to stay ready, stay fit, you know, doing our programs here. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm pessimistic about it, not getting back to any sort of season. Uh, it's right. just what type of season or what type of games that looks like. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate because no matter what you do now, it's, it's not an MLS season. It's tough to compare it's tough to say you know any team gets to the end of the road the other teams might be looking at them like ah you know it was 2020 it was it was that year right and we really kind of, you know that sort of thing so um i guess you could call me on the pessimistic side but i'm just here trying to wait and see what happens and do the right thing for i mean this is more than just the soccer this is about everyone else too so yeah, we, we've had the joke here is that, you know, whatever machination of the season is, it's not an MLS season. There shouldn't be an MLS Cup. It should be, you know, the Coronavirus Cup or whatever, you know, name they want to come up with, you know, something different. 
Um, just to go back, you know, kind of to the to a regular season as an offensive player, you know, expectations can be measurable with goals and assists. But as a defender, maybe it's it's not as measurable. Uh, when you go into a season, do you set any goals for the season? And if so, what are your goals and how do you work towards uh, towards getting there? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely got to set some goals. They're not always, you know, hard numbers, specific things. Um, for me, it's it's kind of a reliability thing. I wanna I wanna be able to be on the field and help my team as much as possible. Um, you know, I, I pride myself on some of the years where I've led the team in minutes or been close to the top, and that's to me whether I've been hurt or not throughout the years. Saying that I'm I'm there week in week out, ready to perform. Um, and so for me, that's something I always try to pride myself on is things like that. Um, obviously, I've got you know goals of scoring goals I'm trying to get. Uh, shutouts are big for me and, and defensive numbers as far as how many goals we let in. Um, things like that are, are definitely what defenders look at, what I look at. Um, but yeah, then there's other little things I'll, I'll throw in there and, you know, things that just are simple day-to-day things, simple uh, goals for the season of just how to, how to make myself better. Yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a I, point last season, a good little run where you were, were second uh, in the team goals category. So for a little chunk there at the beginning. So <laughs> kudos to yeah. you for getting there. Usually, usually <laughs> after a hot start, I got to figure out how to continue that throughout the year, though. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's you, you sort of talk about reliability and we talk about the L.A. Galaxy getting through two games, uh, both of which you, you didn't get to play in. I mean, is it even it felt like you were close to coming back whenever the Miami game was coming up and there were sort of questions about whether or not you'd be in the starting lineup for that. Um, but you, you, you miss the first two games and then the season gets canceled, you know, or at least postponed on the third game. I mean, is that, are you itching to get back? I mean, is there something about you? You're like, this is not, that was not the time that it needed to, to stop. Maybe one game later would have been a little bit better for you, but right now sort of, it, it's a little up in the air. Yeah. I mean, looking at that kind of the other way is I've been dealing with fighting some injuries to get back on the field for two months of preseason and beginning of the season, I was getting really close. Um, still building some fitness. So kind of looking at that whole situation of maybe getting back from Miami and then calling it right there was, okay, I might actually have a week here that I can really get fit and really be ready. Right. And obviously it led to more and more time. And so that's been my main focus during, uh, during this kind of quarantine time. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm itching to get back in the field. I played two preseason games that I was basically just forcing myself through to, to get on the field for something during preseason, and I've just been dealing with some, some nagging issues. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to get back to playing. It's been a long time for me and, uh, you know, still a taste of last year and stuff like that. Well, well with the six weeks um, that you've had, are you feeling close to 100% now that you feel, feel fully rested? Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting there. We've been uh, working on some things, and I can't sit here and say that uh, just resting has really completely gotten rid of everything, um, right. which is a little unfortunate. But I have no doubts that within whatever a month, two months more back, I'll I'll be a hundred percent. We're getting there. We're getting close. That's good, Eric. Do you have a you have a one one more question for Dan, and then then I'll finish up. 
Yeah, got one more. So um, you know, the way you answered your Zoom question was, you know, very professional. So there's a lot of talk with, you know, teammates and behaviors in the locker room and quotes kind of getting twisted out of context. So I'm not, I wouldn't wish that upon you. So I'm just going to ask uh, kind of a, a positive question here. Who's been a great teammate that stands out uh, to you and why? And again, doesn't, you know, you're not putting anyone on the spot. You're not picking a favorite, but just, is there anyone who stands out that, you know, has either helped you develop or, you know, there's been great to work with on the field or even off the field? Current or anyone that I've had in my career? Yeah, current or anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys in those early years that definitely you could call mentors or help me out. Um, AJ is one that comes to mind immediately. Uh, my first year, you know, he was he was playing, and I kind of came in and ended up playing over him for some games, and the way he responded to that and fought for his spot also on the line there and just kind of took me under his wing, even with that going on. Uh, so much respect for that guy and everything he's done. Um, so that's that's one for sure. Uh, and we're still good friends, which is great. Um, then obviously like Ash and Yella both also took me under their wings that year. Uh, playing with those guys is pretty incredible. Um, and then there's some other guys like Gordo and those guys, Baggio that were just off the field, uh, you know, it was that sort of mentorship more than what they did on the field or in a soccer way, uh, just how they went about things, uh, how they made things light. I mean, the locker rooms back then were, were great, and I think that showed on the field. Um, so those are definitely some guys that stand out. And then uh, Stevie was one that just because of what I thought of him before this whole thing, I mean, when he was playing at Liverpool and all that, um, and kind of some of the confidence he gave me when I started uh, helped me really blossom and kind of feel good about my abilities and that I can step in and play. Uh, so I've, I've always been grateful for that and some of those guys. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's funny. You mentioned AJ De La Garza helping you out, and he helped our show out a whole bunch too. He was on in, in some of our early years, so we have that in common. But you also talk about guys like Steven Gerrard. You talk about Ash, Ashley Cole. Um, you know, legends of the game, I'm sure as you were growing up, as I was growing up, um, you know, as well, it, it, does it ever sort of, do you ever have to pinch yourself? I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is the same way. Do you ever have to sort of say, I'm playing on the field with these guys? Does it get old? Um, or, or do you get that sort of, Hey, I, yeah, I am playing on the field with these guys. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that sort of question a lot, obviously hometown friends and all that. Um, it is. It is some of those moments, uh, like I mentioned, Steve and and Ash. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I was playing on the field with them, and I was watching them as a kid, and you know, idolizing them. Um, but like Ash is one of the greatest guys I've ever met in this game. I mean, the guy is uh, top top guy, and Stevie the same. You know, respect for every guy on the field. So uh, it's it's pretty incredible, but. The way they they invite you in, the way they make you feel like you're just, you know, they're one of us, we're one of them. I think that's kind of what drops that a little bit and drops your guard and you can go, okay, this is my teammate and stuff like that. And then they want to play with you. They instill confidence in you. And both of them did that throughout my career. And that makes me feel like, yeah, I I can be playing with these guys. I should be playing with these guys. Why not? I mean, they've been on incredible teams, had unbelievable moments and careers, but for the time they were in, I was, you know, playing on the same team with them, and that's what it was. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. All right, Dan. Well, we're going to let you go. Uh, we want you to stay safe, obviously, and hopefully uh, we'll get you back on and you can tell us all about how uh, the season's getting ready to kick back off and the Galaxy are, are ready to go. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that's uh, sooner rather than later. So, uh, so uh, all the best and our, our best to Remington as well. Uh, hopefully you guys have uh, some fun playing with the new puppy. All right, Dan? All right, it's going to be a blast. Thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking yeah, once the season's going again. All right. Thanks. Uh, there goes thanks, Dan Stare as LA Galaxy defender. Whew. I, I, you know what? It's nice to have a current player on. I know we've been having yeah. some re- a string of really awesome guests, and I'm not complaining, but I, having a current player on, somebody who can tell you what's going on with the team right now and how they're sort of feeling. And the, the big thing, and you know, I had hinted at this before in some of our podcasts, Eric, is that players are concerned about what it's going to be like to return. And I think that a lot of times as fans, we're not taking that into consideration in terms of, you know, even reporters, fans, followers, supporters, however you want to look at it. You're not figuring out. I mean, there's there's unanswered question, just simply sequestering people in a hotel for six weeks. And it's going to be longer than that. This isn't the NHL that has, you know, a couple weeks left or, you know, the NBA that has, you know, a limited time left in sort of these things or even the EPL, which has, oh, look, we have like five weeks left and we can get it all done and we can play all these games. This is two games into a 34 game season. So technically you have 32 games to play. This is a huge undertaking. And for Major League Soccer makes it more difficult to sort of find a pathway forward, at least right now for me. Yeah, and I think that's where having a current player like Dan on really highlights that point because as, you know, with a fan perspective, when you look at it, you say, yeah, put these guys in a a closed-door room and for 12 weeks sequester them in in Arizona and, you know, and we're done. And then you have them on and you realize, oh, he's he's a human being and he has a puppy and he has family (laughs) that he has to see and he has, you know, and other players have family members who they may have, you know, people who are grocery workers or nurses who who live with them and now do you test them? So they, you know, it makes it real. So yes, in a, in a perfect world, if you're running the simulation on a on a computer, uh, you could say, okay, sequester these players for a certain amount of weeks and knock these games out. But then you have to peel back and realize this isn't a computer simulation. These are human beings with lives and, and other people in their circles or in their bubbles. And, and those are things that we need to consider. And that's where it makes you realize that maybe, uh, you know, it's not like the NBA where you're just closing out something where if you're going to try to start something from scratch from here, it's going to be extremely difficult. Yeah. It, again, I don't want to be pessimistic. I want to be optimistic. I just I, I feel I like it's more realistic. That. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we're more on the on the realistic side of things right now. Just trying to figure that out, Eric. Um, let's go to to Governor Newsom, because this is an important part of, you know, California certainly reopening um, and sort of when we think we could expect live sports in, in California. And I would say if you want to be in the stadium. Uh, cheering on any team of professional sports, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Kings, the Ducks, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Let's see, the the San Jose Sharks. No, nobody's nobody. Not the earthquakes. No, that doesn't work. Um, any of those. But if you want to do that, I will tell you this right now. Uh, you have a long way to wait. Um, it looks like uh, as just as things are going, that I wouldn't expect anything until maybe this time next year. Um, really, in terms of everybody, 100% back to normal. You're back in stadiums. You're back in cheering. All that stuff. Sure, I can guess. Say it's 12 months from now. Um, That seems logical, but uh, Governor Gavin Newsom came out with his sort of guidelines of how he's going to do that. And so we're going to go over those here real quick, just in case you didn't see them. I'm sure you did, because then what else do you have to do but to talk about this stuff? I'm sure. Uh, 
he comes out with tweets and he said it on his press conference and then he tweeted it out as well. He says California is flattening the curve, but the reality is that COVID-19 is not going away soon. Our reopening must be gradual, guided by public health and science and will be done in the following stages. There are four stages. We're currently in stage number one. Uh, staying home, flattening the curve, building out testing, PPE, and hospital capacity, uh, making our essential workplaces as safe as possible, and prefer- preparing sector-by-sector guidelines for safe reopening. Stage two, which we're told is weeks away, not months away. Um, stage two is opening the lower-risk workplaces, so gradually reop- reopening some of those places, including retail, with these adaptations, which is retail with curbside pickup. By the way, can we never have curbside pickup ever go away? Because I, I didn't have to get out of my car today and I went to two shops in order to get some food and some stuff that we needed. To ha- didn't have to get out. Uh, and that went with like alcohol, all that stuff. Did not have to get out of the car. Kind of like that. So if we could just keep that whenever we, the, the beer delivery thing is also on real high. Let's keep that. We realize society will not fall apart, Eric, if you deliver beer uh, via vehicles. So, you know, so we might should be, try that. Might be safer. Might be safer might to be bring safe. it to my house instead of me drive somewhere. Yeah. This, exactly, because I might be, no, I was going to say I might be drunk on the, I wouldn't be drunk on the way, that's not, that doesn't happen. Anyway, um, so they talk about that. They talk about manufacturing. They talk about offices where telework is not possible. This is in the second stage, and like we said, middle of May seems like a good time for that to happen. That seems like that could be happening, and more public spaces are going to go up. So that's stage two. Let's get to stage three. It's the higher-risk workplaces. Now, this is months away. Um, you know, whether it's two months or whether it's eight months, I don't know. But uh, you're looking at the higher risk workplaces includes personal care, hair salons, nail salons, gyms, uh, movie theaters, sports without live audiences and in-person religious services. So the sports without live audiences, which means, hey, you guys can go play if you want, but there can be nobody there to watch you, Um, which, again, it feels like stage three and stage four, which is eventually concerts, convention centers, live audience sports getting back. That's that's 100 percent back to normal. There's like no restrictions. And that's when stage four, by the way, is when the stay at home order actually gets lifted. Um, so all these stages stay at home order is in except for four when it finally gets. So those are the stages that are being laid out right now. We know stage three is in-person sports without audiences and stage four is sort of those, those big events that you're going to be able to go back to the stadium for. So, I mean, Eric, what do you see, uh, whenever you see all these different stages, I mean, you know, do you, do you get a warm and fuzzy feeling like everything's going to be back normal real soon? Well, it's nice to have the stages in place, but I think, uh, you know, Governor Newsom made these comments because we're getting to the point of, from the stay-at-home order where people are getting very antsy. Uh, you know, you saw the number of people at the beach, you saw the number of people out, you know, exercising and for walks. People are kind of, you know, getting, o- they're over it, you know, from staying at home. So I think this plan needed to be set forward. But you know, the brakes the brakes need to be pumped a little bit as well because this is all in conditional of the, the, you know, the curve continues to flatten new cases you know we go consecutive days without new cases uh be, being you know uh, unveiled and so that just it it i under i like the plan you know it's 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 good to have these things in phases you can't just say you know rip the band-aid off and say okay everyone go let's go back to the stadium and, and then risk having something like this you know break out even further the whole the second wave conversation. Uh, so, so I, I agree with the fact of this being in phases, but I also think that this phase one might have to last a little bit longer than maybe people are comfortable with. And that's a hard right. conversation to have. And, uh, you know, with, with, you know, just human nature, it's hard, to, you know, you, when you tell someone to do something, they want to do the opposite. And so it just seems like the more you push on these things, you're always going to have the other side of it that, uh, you know, that pushes back on it. So I understand why, 
the plan was put out because people wanted to know, listen, we, we can't stay inside forever. What's the plan? What's going to happen down the line? And, and that's something that I'm getting in my, my place of work as well. Is we, we can't do this forever. We need to figure out a plan to figure out what whatever these next steps are. And, and so right. the, the unfortunate part is that there are <laughs> – we don't have the answers yet. And so people were, people are working hard tirelessly to figure out answers to things that we, we don't know if they're going to work. It's all going to be case by case and testing it out and see if, see if it works. So, um, you know, I, I'm on board, I'm on board with the faces. I just, I don't think phase one is, is, uh, you know, going to, going to be peeled off as soon as soon as maybe people want. Yeah, I would just like to point out that while I am in Orange County, I was not at the beach over the weekend. Um, even sure? though I had, as, I was, I'm positive, I was, I, I was not there. Maybe, yeah, I was not there. I, I guarantee it. Not a good thing to say right now either. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, no, it, it's you know the, the these are all things. Listen, it was unbelievably hot um, over the weekend, and you know whenever that comes to there, there may be some indications that whenever it's hot outside, that it might be that the virus itself doesn't last as long. I'm not trying to spread false information. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know that scientists know 100% if it's true or not. Um, we don't have that information, and a lot of these stages, especially whenever you get into like stage three, stage four are relying on, and this is the same argument you have for playing behind closed doors or eventually coming back in full stadiums, is relying on technology or, or science that has not happened yet. Um, and so we, we wait and we watch. And, you know, maybe we get some good news about a viral drug that now is seems to ha- at least have some effect uh, in helping people recover faster. So, um, you know, we can look at all these things and, and try to put them in here. But the bottom line is stage four to me is a 2021 stage. Um, I think stage three could happen as early as maybe August, um, maybe even September. Uh, you know, if it's November, I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, if it's any part of the second half of the year, I wouldn't be surprised for stage three. Uh, I would be real surprised if stage four, um, which is us back at the stadium, back at Dignity Health Sports Park, high-fiving, hugging, doing I don't know. Is that stuff even – does that ever going to happen again, Eric? In our lifetime, no, think, did we see the, the total sea change? Are we ever going to hug again? I, well, I, I think it's – people are going to have to like, untrain themselves because – you know, I'm, I'm someone who likes to take a shirt off on occasion when a goal goes in. So, you know, your, your instinct is to hug someone, high five someone. But I think now, you know, maybe we're going to adopt, you know, the bow or the, the head nod or, you know, the elbow right. bump. You know, people, right. it, it's going to be different when things uh, when things open up. So, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see how this all pans out. Uh, Gavin Newsom closed with, I know we're all ready for life to go back to normal, but it's unbelievably important we reopen our economy in a scientific, thoughtful way, guided by public health. Our stores will look different. Offices will operate differently, but we will be healthier, hopefully. I mean, that's that's the I, – I, I don't have I, – I, I don't want this to be political, so it, it's difficult for me to even say this. I, I, I don't have a problem with what he's saying. To me, it's science-based, yeah. and science to me is not political even whenever people really try to make it political. So Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing is, you know, you have a governor making a statement and laying out the phases. And if you say something, it's like, well, why, why are we talking politics? It's like, no, these are the phases. These are the laws. These are the things, uh, you know, that the people are going to be faced with, whether, you know, you like it or you don't like it. This is what we're going to be looking at. The other thing that I will mention is you do say, you know, technology and, and testing. And if we do get to a point where you're able to test people or you're able to use some type of technology, we also have to be real with the fact that, you know, if the galaxy doesn't have that ticket money coming in, you know, are they going to have money to be testing people upon entry or are they going to, you know, are we going to have money to be testing every single player if the league is in financial instability? So while that technology may exist, we have to, 
you know, look at it from the business side as well is that it is going to cost money to implement a lot of those changes. And, you know, that may be a factor. Maybe that technology exists, but maybe the league or certain teams don't have the the means to make that technology work in order to make the the, the games go on. If they do close, I, I, I somebody suggested this. I'm sure I'm stealing somebody. Somebody probably already came up with this. Uh, but somebody was suggesting, I think tongue-in-cheek, they're like, oh, well, are you going to put, like, cardboard cutouts of fans in the stadium? And, Eric, would you not pay... Would you not pay money to have a cardboard cutout of you put into Dignity Health Sports Center stadium? Like, would you not do that? I, I don't know. I, I Knowing my ego, I would totally pay some money to have me, yeah. like a, a cutout of me in the press box. Yeah, um, I think so it was, I, was it the, the Belarusian League. There were some leagues that already did that. That before before the whole lockdown came into play, they they you know people could pay to and they put jerseys on them and you know we've been known to to throw some silly money around on an auction or on a few items or two. So of course I'd easily pay money to have uh, my cutout or or my my stunt double my dummy uh, in stadium. So some could argue the dummy is when I actually show up live, but you know, yeah, but still. Yeah, but still, I was going to say, um, no, I mean, the, the other part about that is we, we keep saying we're going to have Rolf Felcher on only so that way we can save the money of having to pay him on Cameo to sing us a song. Um, so still working on Rolf Felcher. He's next yeah, I know, me list. too. He's, he's next, uh, for sure. Uh, so anyway, we're going to continue to try to bring you as many interviews as possible. I feel like I'm going to run out of people eventually. I, I, I know a certain number of people. I can pull a certain number of those people. It's sort of like, let me, it, did you see that Zoom call? We, we, I think we've talked about this with the Zoom call. Um, actually, one of my friends, uh, Kayla, uh, Kayla Knapp, who works social media for the Portland Timbers, um, yeah. Kayla and a bunch of some other very good social media savvies, like really smart and talented people, did a Zoom call where they tried to get the most famous person that they knew on the Zoom call. Um, yeah, and so I feel not, like, not, yeah. I was going to say, Go not to one Kayla and what they did, but that was at Katie Nolan did a version of it, I think, before them. Same idea. And so, yeah, right. you know, people are having fun with it. And so that was kind of a cool. And I think Katie Nolan even ended up on that call with, uh, I, I was, <laughs> with that group. I was going to say, I, they, they know yeah. each other. So there's there's yeah. there's, a, there's, there's a thing there. But no, I, I thought it was great. So I feel that's sort of like what we're doing on this show lately. Is let me see what kind of famous person I can find to get on the show uh, every time. Dan was great. Um, Dan actually went to one of my favorite donut shops, which is how, um, how we sort of connected, uh, in order to get him on the show. So, uh, it was, it was, it was one of those things. Um, you know, all digitally, don't worry. We weren't at the same donut shop at the same time within a six foot radius. I mean, I don't want people, you're breaking the rules. Um, let's talk a little bit about what the LA galaxy are doing with the Kogi food truck, um, which is kind of fun. I, I know people had have to have heard of Kogi barbecue, by the way, if you're in LA or, or anywhere around LA, um, it, it seems like that. And if you're a Netflix person, then you should know who who, uh, you know, Chef Roy uh, Choi is. Um, and he is, uh, he's, he's a really fun chef, and he does a show uh, called Chef with uh, John Favreau on uh, on Netflix. And they originally, John Favreau was in the movie Chef. This is all, I, I actually watch a show. This is how I know. All, I, I had to ask my wife yeah, for some of the say, details, I but I was like, I could, I could yeah, yeah, up. okay. Yeah, um, so uh, so it was actually that movie Chef, which is a great movie if you want to cry a little bit and watch people cook food. It's it's wonderful. It really pulls at the heartstrings. Um, Chef with John Favreau in it, but John Favreau, in order to be trained for that movie, went to uh, Chef Roy Choi. So um, Kogi Barbecue is teaming up with the LA Galaxy on May 1st. So this is on Friday. Uh, we're recording on Thursday night. So tomorrow, as we're recording, um, the Kogi Barbecue, barbecue Food Truck will be at uh, Dignity Health Sports 
park at their parking lot, and their goal there is that in collaboration with uh, Kogi Barbecue and the LA Galaxy is to feed a thousand people from the city of Carson. Um, so I think that's something cool. Uh, I just really like it. I like I like the the mesh of my worlds combining and and all this fun stuff. And I've been wanting to go get some go go to the Kogi food truck forever. I won't be there. I'm not going to go. Take, that's not that's yeah. not. But if you're in need, and uh, you know somebody in need who's in Carson, tell them about this um, because I think this is going to be a really cool thing. And that's something that uh, on Chef uh, Roy Choi's uh, Instagram page, he said that people donated uh, on their website and via Venmo to help fund this. And so they helped funded to get these meals paid for for those in need. So if you want to go to uh, his Instagram page, you can go and check it out there or the Kogi website. And again, it's going to go to those in need, uh, residents of Carson and LA Galaxy was generous. They basically donated the parking lot. So there's a place so the cars can drive up. And so the Kogi trucks can be there. And and I think, you know, I don't want to gloss over it either with uh, food trucks now are, are you see a food truck on, on every corner. And it's it's definitely a thing. But Kogi was like the OG LA food truck that made it fashionable, made it a cool thing. Right. And if you haven't had, uh, you know, Kogi, you know, Korean street tacos, then you're, you're missing out. And so obviously seeing what they've done once, you know, we're in stage three or stage four, once this all clears and you're able to do some pickup, definitely support that business because he's working within the community to help people in the city of Carson, which obviously the LA Galaxy has ties to. And so it's nice to see that he's doing that as a gesture. Nice to see the LA Galaxy contributing and so it's just like you said, a mesh of all the worlds coming together. Uh, you know, the, this pandemic is really shining a light on a lot of the positives and and how good people can be. I know sometimes people aren't always the best or, or some people, you know, you you see some some behaviors. They make like, man, yeah, I don't know how I feel about humanity. But th- there are a lot of aspects where this is really shining a light on how good people can be as well. And this is a perfect example of that. So, uh, you know, big kudos to Kogi and to the LA Galaxy for for working together on this. By the way, the uh, chat room has voted, and basically they've decided the next person I should get on is Robbie Keane. Um, so you know they're That's not at least they're fair. setting they're setting my sights realistically. Of of course, just try to get somebody who's on a different time zone in a different part of the world, um, and you know is one of the top famous people in the world. Just hey, Josh, just get Rob. I'll just get on my phone and I'll call up Robbie Keane. I'll try. I'll see what I can do. I know some people. You know how much of a narcissist and my ego is inflated. I'm like, he liked one of my Instagram posts once. I mean, it's within yes. the realm of possibility. Stranger things yeah, have it's, happened. It's <laughs> cool. We can, we can make that happen. No problem. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, go on Chef uh, Roy Choi on Instagram and you can donate there and sort of help that uh, help that out. So anyway, I think that's really cool. Uh, let's get on to uh, a little bit more news. This one's a little more fun. Uh, let's have some fun. Uh, we talked about MLS freezing the transfer window. I don't know if we talked about it, but I wrote an article about it. Uh, MLS froze the transfer window. Surprise. By the way, it was frozen the day that they decided to suspend the league. Surprise! So um, it was one of those articles that showed up on MLSsoccer.com. There was like, oh, well, this isn't common knowledge and nobody has said anything. Oh, MLS, thanks for the heads up. Um, So the transfer window was supposed to close on May 5th. Uh, This is the primary transfer window for Major League Soccer. It starts uh, basically in February sometime, I think, and it goes all the way till May 5th. Um, however, that ends up happening. You get people on to your team, you register them in that window, and then they can be part of that. Now, uh, we all know about the primary transfer window, or the, excuse me, the secondary transfer window. It's the summer transfer window. comes up in on, I believe, July 7th this year is when it goes, and it goes for about 30 days, so you can look for that. Um, we don't know whether or not that one is going to be frozen as well. 
We don't know what transfer windows are going on. Uh, Dennis DeClosa talked about it on Monday. He doesn't know what transfer windows are going on. There's talk about adding a third transfer window. Okay, sure, why not? Um, so all these things are sort of up in the air. It seems like FIFA wants to sort of um, honor these transfer windows um, because contracts end on like June 30th, and there's a whole bunch of little things that happen uh, that make it really difficult if you don't sort of abide by you know, contracts and transfer windows and anything else. So um, contracts mostly end on June 30th, uh, and then the transfer window opens you know, on July 7th, uh, basically in Major League Soccer. So uh, we don't know if the LA Galaxy will have any money, Eric. We don't know who will be available. We don't know any of these things, but there are rumors out right now. Uh, and they have, and we talked about it a little bit on Monday, but we're going to talk about one player in particular, Gonzalo Higuain, uh, 32 years old, of course, uh, Argentine. Uh, he was born in France. We talked about this a little bit on Monday, so go back and watch that with Dennis Closo, so some fun stuff there. Uh, playing for Juventus. Uh, he is the older brother, by the way. I can't believe I have to sort of say it this way because um, Gonzalo Higuain is, has, was the bigger player um, than Federico Higuain, who, of course, was in Major League Soccer for eight seasons with the Columbus crew. I think he's over with DC United as like a player coach right now. Um, but there's there's so so younger brother, 32 years old. Um, Gonzalo Higuain seems to possibly have left Juventus. Um, and there are rumors that he could be wanted by River River Plate, who I think he grew up with at one point. Um, I'd have to go back and really search the the, the backside of that. But uh, in Argentina, or, of course, the LA Galaxy, because Guillermo Barish Coloto mentioned him recently and how he has a good relationship with the Iguain family, which always helps. Uh, you know, same as with the Messi family. Um, so, you know, the, all, all great things for, for Galaxy fans. But it's interesting to see that a 32-year-old player, the caliber of uh, Gonzalo Iguain, could realistically be, Eric, if you and I wanted to c- connect some dots, be linked to the LA Galaxy. Yeah, it really makes perfect sense. You know, having a brother who's familiar with the league, played in the United States before, uh, the Argentine connection. You know, everyone who, who if you're if you're an Argentinian, you know who Guillermo Berchelotto is, and uh, and you know that he's a legend. So, in terms of recruiting, that's something that works in your favor. You know, I know when the Lakers had Magic Johnson working in the front office, you know, they almost relied on that too much. Hey, it's Magic. Didn't you like basketball? You know, come check it out. So, hey, you're right. you're you know from Argentina. Look, we have Guillermo Berchelotto. Come check it out. But when you connect the dots, the age. Um, you know, the, the area of need, you know, we know Chicharito, you know, isn't going to be that answer. So to bring another forward, another goal scorer, uh, someone who's shown that he's capable of putting away, I think his best years were when he was at Napoli. So, he, you know, it's one of those, uh, what is it? Uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. You know, when someone knows how to put away goals, they know how to put away goals. So even at, at 32, I think he's someone who, who would, uh, you know, be helpful to this LA Galaxy team. And so it, it just seems like everything makes sense. You know, if, if he's not going to be in favor with Juventus, we know that they're they're going to be making pushes for for Champions League, and he's maybe not at that top level that he was before. Then you know a logical next step maybe to come to Major League Soccer and to apply his trade here. You know Federico Higuain had a, a lot of success uh, in in Columbus. He he was a you know basically they they built the team around him for for many right. years, and so if if he saw that his brother, who you know again with all due respect you know, the the less skilled brother was able to be, you know, basically a MVP caliber player in the league that he he probably has the confidence that he could come here and probably set the league on fire as well. Yeah, it, it seems that way. This is it, we always talk about things that make sense. Now, you know, what doesn't make sense is the LA Galaxy don't have any designated player spots. So, OK, so you're going to have to get them on a discount now. Um, but 
when you're looking at this transfer window and what's going to happen in the world of soccer, it's not just Major League Soccer, it is the world, um, and, and what's going to happen. I mean, Dennis DeCloso said out loud, he said he heard rumors of a 75% reduction in a fee that was asked for, and the club was still thinking about taking it. I mean, you could see a discount market this summer, uh, and hopefully the LA Galaxy and hopefully Major League Soccer are allowed to make moves during the summer. I mean, I don't know, maybe they don't make any moves. Maybe... All of these owners are still sitting here licking their wounds, sort of trying to figure out whether or not they have any money. Um, Major League Soccer seems to have deep enough pockets that they're going to survive, that these teams are going to survive, Eric. But, um, you know, if you're going to go bargain shopping, uh, if you're going to look for a deal, then this transfer window could be that time. It could actually be um, a, a time for players to move away from some of these more financially hardshipped leagues um, that are really going to get nailed and come to the United States and play for Major League Soccer, which is maybe a more stable league or viewed as a more stable league right now with all the instability that's certainly going to follow um, you know, this pandemic. So it, it seems like there's an opportunity for Gonzalo Higuain to possibly be an LA Galaxy player, whether there's a season or not uh, is another thing. But you know, that's it, it's an interesting sort of take on that. That's actually part of the reason why I think it just makes sense is because, um, you know, with, you know, the league in Italy and Italy being one of the countries that was hardest hit is, you know, maybe not wanting to stay there and continue to play there. That's one factor. The other factor is if there's not going to be a season this calendar year, whatever contract, or whatever deal, you can say, listen, we're not having a season this year. If we know that there's, you know, a DB, DP player on loan and we're not going to re-up that loan in 2022 and we're not going to, or 2021, excuse me, and we're not going to realistically have games until then, then maybe we could do this handshake, get this contract signed. And we know you're not going to play games this year, but next season when it comes time, that's when we'll make this deal work. So yeah, maybe they don't have the DB, DP slot. I keep messing that up. Uh, the DP right. slot now, but no one's playing soccer right now. So you, you, th- we're not talking about what's happening now. We're talking about what's going to happen a year from now. And so that might be when the when the deals get worked out. So I think it could still happen, maybe not signing him to a contract to play now, but maybe with the, with the agreement that once things pick up, that's when everything will be hashed out. Well, it's fun to talk about, uh, you know, rumors for a second. Um, it's certainly at least for, you know, two seconds. It's like, oh, that's fun. Oh, look, that was yeah. normal. That's normal <laughs> I, soccer talk. I, look I just, at <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's it's an important part of this. Uh, let's go to some questions now that we pulled from LA Galaxy Reddit. If you are not a Redditor, that's cool. Um, LA Galaxy Reddit can be a fun place. Um, I actually, for the most of the part, I think it's actually pretty tame. Uh, it's usually insightful. Um, it's usually uh, civil. Uh, sometimes I think it's more civil than Facebook and and Twitter, for sure. So you could go check it out. But I always love to give uh, the people who are in LA Galaxy Reddit a chance to ask some questions because I think Reddit is a better forum to sort of ask questions than Facebook or Twitter or anything else. So we always seem to get good ones. Uh, let's go. I'm going to try to shorten this one as much as possible. Um, this one comes from Jugular Vein. I see that's another reason I love Reddit is we get crazy names. Um, so Jugular <laughs> Vein. Uh, and Jugular Vein says, uh, assuming the season restarts, um, it seems like closed door games. Again, I'm paraphrasing this. Uh, he goes, do you see fans being charged to watch the games to make up for some of that lost income? Does the Galaxy need to revisit their TV contract with Spectrum? Um, so that's the the first question there. I, I would I'm gonna say that LA Galaxy's TV contract with Spectrum is one of the richest in the league. Um, and so if they're playing games and they're on TV, then the Galaxy will be getting paid money. Uh, and so the Galaxy will gladly take that money because it's probably more money than anybody else is gonna get paid uh, during that small 
small um, you know, uh, window where we're going to be playing uh, these closed door games. So I do not think that fans will be charged, although it might be a good idea to be like, hey, you don't get Spectrum. Well, just pay 20 to $5 or something like that, and you can actually watch you know, the local games or something. There, there may be a chance uh, for that. I doubt it because I think Spectrum has that. I was going to say, if you're, if you're going to bank on a company to, to get it wrong and not uh, make money off this deal, it's going to be Spectrum. Uh, it seems like <laughs> you know they're, they're going to find a way to bungle that. I've actually tried I, I tried talking with them over the phone. Listen, I, I just want that channel. No, we do, they, they make it impossible to get that channel. But maybe with a pandemic, uh, things will change. But like you said, the reason that there may be a rush to play these games is to fulfill those TV contracts. So that's already paid for. I think where you may see that happen is you know leagues like USL, somewhere where... It's very heavily, you know, based on, uh, you know, ticket entry. They might charge a nominal fee to maybe catch some of those games because they're not getting the rich TV contract. They're not getting that ticketed gate. Uh, you might see it there. But I think based on MLS, those those TV deals are already done. They're already paid for. So I don't think that will, will be a feature uh, for whatever, uh, you know, coronavirus cup happens this year. Yeah, it'll, uh, I, again, so uh, Juggler Van goes on and says, uh, you know, MLS teams are probably more financially well-footed than some European teams. Think Spain and Italy, maybe some even more so than uh, Liga MX and bigger South American teams. So do you think that there will be a possibility of bigger names, players turning to U.S., Canada earlier in their careers with less places to choose to go to and assuming less money being available to spend? This was an Alexi Lawless thing we talked about, how he said maybe this is the chance for the U.S. to sort of close the gap on some of these leagues by going in and spending, quote-unquote, big but at bargain prices uh, for some of this high caliber talent uh, that is younger and all those other things. I mean, it's a chance anyway. I, I want to get to the next one. I, I'm sure you would have something really intelligent to say about that, Eric, but I we'll do. get to the next I question. I have anyway. thoughts. Yeah. No, no, you're not allowed to have, not on this one. Right. I'm going uh, to throw in my thoughts. I'm going to cut you off. Okay, go for it. So in Spain and in Italy, a lot of those uh, contracts, they throw hundreds of millions of euros and hundreds of millions of dollars, but that money is they're borrowing from banks, borrowing, and they go into debt. Uh, to get these players. So they're able to offer the bigger deal, but that they don't have that cash flow. So that's exactly why this is an opportunity uh, to get those players because they're those big clubs that are throwing, you know, that cash to get the big player. They don't actually really have it's all on paper. And so this is an opportunity to capitalize on that. Uh, Danger TRL says, is a June comeback more plausible now that the NBA and Major League Baseball are making plans for that time frame? I think we sort of talked about the pitfalls of coming back and what needs to happen. Um, and Major League Baseball is different because they haven't started the season yet, Eric. So, you know, you're looking and they've already said they're going to have a shortened season um, if they have anything. So uh, they've already basically said we're canceling games. Uh, we're not going to have all the games, which makes sense. Uh, they pay, play 162 games. So ridiculous. So many, so many games. Um, I'm it's always like, you know, they could short. I was going to like, you could shorten the season to like 85, 90 games, and there's still a ton of games to go to. It's, you know, it's tradition, so it's harder to do whenever you look at it. Um, is a June comeback more possible? I, I don't see it. Not yet. Not with the way that California is is um, sort of handling things. And again, that's not a criticism. I think they're doing the right thing. I just don't. You're going to have to, as Dan Starr has just said on the show, you're going to move us somewhere else. So where's that going to be and how's that going to play out? It just seems like they're really trying to figure out a way to make this happen. I don't think June is reasonable. I could see July. I could see August. I could see something. I could see September. I could see, you know, anything basically starting in probably July would make some more sense to me than June does. But maybe June is when they start training, um, you know, and yeah. as we're it's almost May right now. So, um, you know, tomorrow on Friday, when you listen to this, it's May. 
Um, so, you know, the next month after the, that is June. There you go. There's there's some basics from Josh on this podcast. Glad we got through that. Uh, what do you think, Eric? Is, it, does it make it any more plausible? I'm surprised you didn't use the Justin Timberlake meme and say it's going to be May. You know, we've we've been waiting all, all month to use that. Um, but is a June com- comeback more pro- more plausible? I don't know that, but I do know that whatever the NBA does or whatever the MLB do, all eyes are going to be on them to see if it works. Because if the NBA plans to come back in June, they set something up and then it all falls apart on them because a player tests positive or, or something happens where they're unable to contain the players, then that's going to, you know, throw everything out. And so I think that they are going to follow the lead of those leagues like the NBA and, and the MLB. But it's I don't know that it makes it more plausible, but it de- definitely gives you the framework. You know, the MLS isn't going to be the league that goes out there and is the, the guinea pig. Other leagues right. are going to be more front facing, and then the MLS, the MLS. There I go. And Major League Soccer is going to be able. I know, I know. Again, they, they lower the screen. Um, you know, they're going to be able to use that to their advantage to see this worked for this league, this didn't work for that league, and then they'll make the adjustments as they see fit. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, Esteban sixty-five. Uh, excuse me, Esteban. B65. Uh, thanks, Josh and co-host. This is already my favorite one. Thanks, Josh and co-host <laughs> for giving me yeah, yeah, giving me something to look forward to on Mondays and Thursdays. Was ticked we did so poor in your TFC sim game. Um, by the way, this is a perfect chance for us to tell you um, out loud and on the show. No more of those. We're done. I, I it just it, for the seven people who watched them, we appreciated that and it was fun. But it's a lot of work for us. And it wasn't nearly the payoff uh, in terms of all. And we're not that funny. I mean, I think I'm hysterical, but it, we're just really not that funny. It doesn't translate. Um, and I just think the novelty ran its course. You know, in the first few yeah. weeks of quarantine, you say, okay, let's watch some FIFA simulation. This will be fun. We'll have some fun with it. By the by, the eighth game away at Philadelphia, you're like, you know what? Maybe this isn't isn't as fun as we initially thought it was going to be. And, and now that every every MLS account team is doing it and every everyone's run their fifa sim at this point so i think we're kind of over it uh like you said all 12 people who watched i'm sorry uh we're wrapping it up but i think it it, it ran its course and we had fun while we did it go back and watch Uh, the old ones yeah, exactly. It's there's some good ones in there. There's some really bad ones in there. Uh, by the way, I, I should tell everybody I sim the Houston game. I, I sim the Houston game because um, I was always I would sim them and then I would send them to Eric and I would text Eric as we were as I was usually simming them, telling him, "Oh, this is going to be a good game. We have something to talk about the whole deal." So the Houston game that I simmed was zero zero until the ninetieth minute. There were no highlights at halftime besides the ball being kicked off. That was it. That was the entire highlight. Um, and then Houston scored in the ninetieth minute. So you don't wait. You didn't want to watch that game. I didn't want to do that to you. You deserve happiness, and I just I can't cheat to to make the galaxy win every time for you. It just it it's just not gonna happen. Okay. Um, right, so anyway, I just wanted. Okay. Yes. Uh, he uh, Esteban B sixty five continues. Doesn't it make more sense to divide up the MLS teams into two to four regions that don't really mix and just playing games within the region? Um, also, we're in a different place than the NBA because they're at the end of their season where MLS is resuming the beginning. This is I, I, we sort of touched on most of this. Uh, would moving teams to a city hubs really make sense? I mean, I think Dan Starr has raised some really good questions. So do I think it makes sense? Maybe uh, it could make some sense. It doesn't seem like it does. Um, and certainly we're behind on the technology. Uh, it seems like that would be another expense for clubs to have to take up. Um, and so, you know, that's um, those are all important things. His final thing, by the way, which, again, this is why my favorite. This is my favorite one. Uh, he's asking where Jared Dubois is. Jared is alive, by the way. Uh, Jared is actually doing a, a show with uh, with Jason Davis, by the way, if you wanted to watch it. Which I think it's... 
yeah, it's JD and the Rod, which is a, a, a little pop culture, a lot of football. Um, so you can you can follow follow that as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Jared's still alive, I promise. Uh, and if you know Eric decides that he you know he's busy and Larry can't do it and Sophie can't do it, I'll I'll see if Jared wants to come back on. That's not a problem. Um, just remember the one constant, me baby. Uh, let's see. Uh, what are your thoughts? I know it was it was almost too much even for me to handle. Uh, LA oh, Galaxy's to circle the wagons <laughs> back to you. Yeah, I was going to say, LA Galaxy's Edge uh, says, uh, what are your thoughts on the NWSL? And do you think the Galaxy would join or MLS partner up with them? I I would hope that the Galaxy figure out a way to do an NWSL team. Eric, don't you think, I mean, before the whole economic downturn, I would say that the time was pretty much right. But uh, apparently, I don't know what I'm talking about. I didn't expect the global pandemic. Yeah, all signs, like you said before this, seem to point to it makes sense to have uh, you know, Los Angeles-based uh, NWSL team. Uh, you know, we're past the the LA Soul days where you know that that project didn't work out. Uh, I think we're you know the market was ready for it, but I think right now it's it's just not the time. We don't know if uh, you know the the league and and say what you will about Major League Soccer, but it's pretty established at this point. So to take on risk, uh, you know, with the WNBA and how the NBA kind you know honestly kept the league afloat, you know, for that sake. You know, MLS would need to be do something similar, or you know, if if the Galaxy were to get involved to to help keep that afloat and maybe take on a loss for a little bit. So I think just right now is not the right time for them to take on a loss. Does it make sense in the long run? Absolutely. You know, as, as someone who has a daughter and and loves women's soccer, I think you know it, I'd I'd be happy to welcome it here in LA. I just realistically, I don't know if it happens right now. I was driving today uh, and I saw a young lady jogging uh, on one of the side, and she had a U.S. soccer. Uh, crest on and I was I was just I'm like I, I didn't see that growing up that didn't happen mm-hmm. um, and so to see that even today I was like oh man that's yes absolutely and I thought about honking and then I said no you're not allowed to do that uh, but I was more like it was US soccer wise and I thought that was really cool yeah I was gonna say I think it was during the 2014 World Cup. I think I think that was it. Uh, I was driving and I saw people wearing full-on USA jerseys, and I got to honk because they had just won, and like they waved, and so it was just it's just such a nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, so the soccer community is you know a lot more tight than than you know, than you think it is, and it's starting to spread, and you can see that everywhere. So you know, hopefully this MLS delay, hopefully this World Soccer delay. I mean, that's. I guess the one good thing sort of out of this is that it's not just MLS that's stopped right now, Eric. It's the entire world. And so everybody's missing it the same. So nobody's really gaining any traction or doing anything, um, you know, that, that's getting up above anybody else. But how how teams come back, how how leagues come back really could set themselves up for the future and whether they gain traction or whether they lose traction. And some of the leagues that are longstanding, we talk about La Liga, uh, Serie A, um, you know, they're not in the best financial positions. And so this, you could be seeing the beginning of a downturn for them uh, that could see MLS pick up a bunch of slack. So again, where there's always, where there's negatives or where there's pullback, Eric, there's always room for advancement as well. And if MLS is in a financial position to be able to advance themselves, this could be one of the biggest jumps forward. And in five years, we could be talking about how the pandemic in 2020 totally changed the way that MLS is viewed around the world because of the subsequent transfer windows that happened in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. You, you said a lot of words there. All I heard was Ronaldo to the LA galaxy. <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Uh, big surprise. <laughs> I, 
again, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but I, again, we're talking about Gonzalo Higuain as well. I mean, these are big names. Um, you know, obviously not as big as Ronaldo. I didn't want to make the comparison. Don't want to have the Portuguese side of things get all mad at me. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it could it could happen. It's just going to be an interesting time to sort of watch. All right, uh, let's see. Is there anything else you want to get to? No, I think we're good. And again, another week of no soccer, and we still managed to speak for an hour about it. It's spectacular. Uh, I'll t- we're we're getting really good at just BSing our way through this stuff. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not a compliment, right? <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. All right, go ahead. Uh, tell people where they can find you, and uh, we'll get on out of here, Eric. All right, you can find me on Twitter at GIS Hammer. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Still looking on the quest for 1K there. And then I'm also now on Twitch. So if you want to see some of our Cosmo SC games, you can follow me on Twitch at EV Hammer and the number nine. All right. And if you're looking for me on uh, Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com, articles, podcasts. All our videos, all that fun stuff is right there. Big thanks to the LA Galaxy and Dan Steras for coming on the show. Always great to have him on. All right. For Eric the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Guestman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. See ya. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.